Welcome back to the Winnipeg Foundation's Because Radio. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am joined via telephone by Dr. Stephen Boris. He is the Director and CEO of the Winnipeg Art Gallery. Stephen, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you, Robert. It's a delight to um, be speaking with you today. This year on Because Radio, with in conjunction with the Winnipeg Foundation's 100th anniversary, we've had a little bit of a historical focus this year. And so I'm wondering if you can start off by telling our listeners a little bit about the history of the Winnipeg Art Gallery and how it's expanded and grown to what it is today. The Winnipeg Art Gallery is actually one of Canada's oldest civic art museums, established in 1912. And we are currently in our third home, on Memorial Boulevard. And of course, not only is the WAG one of the largest art museums in the country, it has an outstanding collection of European, Canadian, American art, but also the world's largest collection of contemporary Inuit art, which is something we take great pride in. And of course, that is one of the reasons behind the building of the new Inuit Art Center, which is called Kamayuk. But the WAG has been around for over a century, just a little bit older than the Winnipeg Foundation. And um, we have been serving, engaging, supporting audiences for dozens of years. And in fact, I cannot think of a moment when the role and the mission of the WAG is more important in the community than today. And certainly it's been a really big year for the Winnipeg Art Gallery with the official grand opening of Haumayuk, which, as you mentioned, is the new Inuit Art Centre. Can you tell us a little bit more about Haumayuk and the vision that led to its creation? Yes, the, the WAG has been collecting, exhibiting, publishing on Inuit art and culture for close to 70 years. We began in the 1950s to assemble a collection which became the largest in the world. And this is carvings, prints, drawings, textiles, kind of a variety of media. And over the last few decades, discussions began about, well, how can we share more of the collection with the public when most of it's in storage, you know, in vaults off you? And um, the collection, just to give you an idea, is, is close to 14,000 works. Plus, we have on long-term loan another 7,400 works from the government to none of it. So a very large collection. And at any given moment, there might be 1% on view. So Kamayuk is the kind of the response. It's a new building. It's about a 40,000-square-foot building designed by Michael Maltzen, connected to the WAG on all levels. It makes the WAG Kamayuk cultural campus about 185,000 square feet. But it is much more than a museum. It is a forum. It's a place. It's also very much part of this exercise of reconciliation, indigenization, decolonization, and responding specifically to Canada's truth and reconciliation calls to action for museums. So it's a long response to a short question, but it has been quite the journey. With the grand opening having happened just recently, just within the last month, what has the reception of Haumayuk been like so far? What have you heard from people that have had a chance to attend? I am elated to tell you that the response has been extraordinary, even beyond what we could have anticipated. You know, we went the direction of a virtual launch and we partnered with Eagle Vision and then with CBC to do really a two-part 
um, opening celebration ceremony um, welcome, which is really exciting. I think at one moment there were thought, well, over 10,000 people that were watching and then, of course, many, many more through social media outlets. But what was interesting, when we had the virtual media launch, there were over 200 media outlets from around the world signed in to, to not just find out what's going on, but to prepare articles, you know, blogs, social media posts about this project. And then, of course, the first 10 days were literally sold out and continue to see, even under COVID guidelines and, and attendance thresholds, kind of a steady flow of people that are really exploring this collection in a new way, sometimes for the first time. So the, the, the response has been amazing, more than I could have anticipated. And what I love about it, it is showing a very diverse cross-section of not just the community, but who who's a Winnipegger. So that's exciting. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about Hamayuk 365 and the plans and the vision for the inaugural year? Yes. Um, Kamayuk 365 is really, in a way, a response not just to the inaugural opening, but also to the situation with COVID-19, this pandemic, with the goal of ensuring that every visitor, um, when they come to the new center for the first time, it feels like it's a celebratory inaugural moment. So we have planned out exhibitions, programs, events, um, physically, virtually, online, in person, spread out over the first full year and making it as accessible as possible. There's lots going on for really every age group, every background, every kind of community. Also, the entire main floor of this cultural campus is free for this first year to ensure people feel welcome, feel engaged and feel like this is for them and, and they're part of it. So it's um, we're trying to spread out what might have been a two or three day opening across the entire year. And it's proving to be really a good thing to do, particularly with what's going on right now. You've spoken about the programming of the Winnipeg Art Gallery and its role in advancing truth and reconciliation and decolonization. I'm wondering if you can expand on those ideas and how you see the role of the Winnipeg Art Gallery in advancing reconciliation in our community and how that's reflected in the WAGS programming. Certainly, and it's very much part of the mission. And people have asked me, well, how did this all come about in terms of the building of Kamayak and why now and why not earlier? I would say there's so much aligned right now in Winnipeg, in Manitoba, in Canada, um, as museums across the country look at what are largely colonial-based structures and collecting practices and protocols to rethink what they must be, what they should be, what they can be. And the TRC's calls to action specifically to museums in terms of how we collect, how we exhibit, who is leading the narrative, who is creating the narrative, um, who is part of the WAG, how do we um, indicate, how do we engage, how we see our audiences, all these things that the TRC said, look at yourselves and how you can improve and engage in reconciliation, beginning with listening, beginning with dialogue and respect. And so those calls have helped greatly in the development of this new building because it is not just a structure, it's an idea. 
And perhaps the most critical part of the TRC calls was to do with the decision the WAG made to assemble an Indigenous advisory circle. This is made up of about 20 Indigenous peoples from across the country, First Nations, Métis, and Inuit, including the four regions of Inuit Nangat. And they have worked with us over the last almost three years, guiding, helping, counseling us, directing us in terms of decisions we make with the architects, with the design, with programs, um, hires, exhibition projects. And it has been an incredibly fulfilling process for me. It's also been a life-changing, game-changing, I would say career-changing process for me as a museum director, as a, as a Canadian, as a settler, to, to really think about what the WAG needs to be doing. And, you know, one of the first answers what was um, how we plan Kamayuk and what will that really be? So it's, um, it's a journey we're on. You have to look back at the WAG's 100-year history. It is, it is largely a colonial-based structure. And the way we collected and exhibited and wrote about art was all based largely in a non-Indigenous framework. And so Kamayuk has helped us, the TRC has helped us to really rethink, to unpack, to kind of reassemble what a museum should be today in Canada, you know, in 2021. We're just around the corner from the launch of two new exhibitions, which are in conjunction with the Winnipeg Foundation's 100th anniversary. They are The Alloway's Gift and Rosalie Favell's Family Legacy. Can you tell us a little bit more about each of these exhibitions and what people can expect when they, uh, when they see them at the WAG? They're two beautiful, powerful, impactful exhibitions, and we are so delighted and honored to be partnering with the Winter Foundation on its centennial. I, I recall conversations I had with um, the CEO, Rick Frost, about what we could do, not just to um, share with Winnipeggers and, and Canadians what the Winnipeg Foundation is, but to do it through the medium of art and ideas. And of course, it began with the discussion of William and Elizabeth Alloway, I'm really the architects of, you could say, the Canadian Community Foundation movement. And of course, that initial gift, Alloway gift back in 1921 to the Winnipeg Foundation um, changed everything. And so the exhibition began with how do we celebrate William and Elizabeth Alloway? How do you look at Winnipeg 100 years ago and how it's evolved through the eyes of the foundation and the work they do and their mission? And then we turned the corner and thought about how can we bring this exhibition up to date? How can we, in fact, kind of insert an indigenization to it and, and look at what the WAG is doing? And that's where Rosalie Favell came in, who is an indigenous artist who is from Winnipeg. She lives in Ottawa. And of course, her family part of the Red River Settlement. And so it's so exciting for her to look at Winnipeg, the Winnipeg Foundation, and what they did over the last century through historical archival photographs, images, her own paintings and artworks, and kind of presenting an Indigenous perspective on the Alloway's gift, the impact of the Winnipeg Foundation, and looking at the historical evolution here, but bringing it up to date and providing a very well thought out and much needed Indigenous perspective on Winnipeg at the same time. It also allows us to look at those moments um, that must be looked at in terms of um, the use of script with Métis communities 
and residential schools, relocations, and, and how First Nations and Métis people were, were treated even within our city and how they were documented. And all of this comes out in these two related exhibitions. What are you hoping that audiences will take away from each of the two new exhibitions? Well, there are many things, many takeaways here. First of all, we celebrate one of the oldest, or if not the oldest and largest community foundations in the country and in North America that has changed the lives of so many individuals and so many organizations within our city and even outside the city. And so we get a glimpse of philanthropy in action that spans a century. We look at those very first gifts, including those from William and Elizabeth Alloway, and how that changed what Winnipeg became in terms of um, a city of, of peoples and nations and how that was supported. We also celebrate just what a city can be with the generosity and vision of others. And I think of all those that followed the Alloways and all of those individuals and donors and patrons who have supported the Winnipeg Foundation mission to allow them so many people. It also speaks to how a community foundation on its own path of reconciliation has evolved to become a critical body, think tank, resource in the city. And then from Rosalie Favelle's family legacy, the audiences get to see these intersecting histories of neighborhoods of peoples that might not normally ever have come face to face. It provides another perspective on the city through Indigenous eyes. It actually also looks at um, just how a city has evolved. And I find art is one of the most powerful tools we have to communicate ideas, to offer perspectives and narratives, to heal, to kind of inspire. And so to have these two shows literally next to each other, intersecting with different narratives, different stories and histories, coming together in one space where we embrace reconciliation. It's, it's a great moment for the WAG, for Kamayok. It's a great moment for the Winnipeg Foundation. And I love the way we can honor and celebrate someone like William and Elizabeth Alloway from 80 years ago. And we can also honor and celebrate someone like Rosalie Favelle and her family, her people in the same city. It's taking that historical context and celebrating the idea of a better future for our city, the idea of our city being more inclusive and more equitable. Exactly. Um, those two words, I would say, not only are they championed by the Winnipeg Foundation, but they're understood by the leadership there. And for them to reach out to the WAG to partner here was incredible. But for them to go even further and allow us to engage Indigenous artists, commission new works to tell other stories that haven't been told, and to allow those perspectives to be there alongside the face of William Alloway is, is really extraordinary. And I believe Winnipeggers, you know, when you ask what will they take from this show, these two shows, I think they'll take something that is uplifting, inspiring, hopeful about our city, about people that were involved a century ago and people that are involved today. And um, it, it's just, it's a wonderful gift. And I love the title of the show, The Alloway's Gift. We think back to the 1920s and 30s, but we also think about what they did today, what the Winnipeg Foundation did to support Kamayuk and of course to support this very important exhibition. Before we go, is there anything else you'd like to mention that we haven't already talked about, about the WAG and its programming or Kamayuk or the two new exhibitions? Well, I would love to say 
that thanks to the Winnipeg Foundation, youth under 18 and all Indigenous peoples can visit the show for free as part of Kamiak 365 in this our inaugural year. So Winnipeg Foundation, not only have they supported the production of these two exhibitions, the commissioning of new artwork, they've made this show incredibly accessible to all, particularly youth and Indigenous, which is, which is really exciting and, and completely appropriate with the subject of the exhibition. How can people learn more about the Winnipeg Art Gallery or arrange to visit any of the exhibitions or Kalmayuk at the WAG? Well, the best way is WAG.ca. All of the information about exhibitions, programs, events, um, when we're open, when we're closed, accessibility, um, especially during COVID, our hours, from all the amenities from the shop to the cafe to films and videos and exhibitions, it's all available at WAG.ca and also provides a lot of information about the various exhibitions and programs, including, of course, Galloway's Gift and the Rosalie Family Legacy Exhibition. Excellent. So again, wag.ca is the website, wag.ca, for all the information and details. I've been speaking with Dr. Stephen Boris, the Director and CEO of the Winnipeg Art Gallery. Stephen, thank you again so much for joining me today and sharing about Kaumayuk and the Galloway's Gift and Rosalie Favelle's Family Legacy. It's been my pleasure, and thanks again for your interest and support. Because Radio is produced by the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with 93.7 CJNU-FM. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes or subscribe to our podcast, please visit becauseradio.org. 